podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. So excited you decided to join us today. Um, before we jump in and um, talk about uh, the topic today, I'll get it out. Um, I'm not. I'm leaving that in. Uh, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shoe machine on the market, bar none. Uh, they are awesome. They rock. Uh, Mention Coach Unplugged. They'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. We have uh, a special quote unquote special going on right now where we're giving quarterly memberships. We're super excited about that. People seem excited about it. Um, and then that maybe, maybe come in and join for three months and take a couple months off. I personally would never leave teachhoops.com, but you have that option and, uh, it's great. So go over and check it out. Teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Let's head off to the podcast. All right. Welcome to coach unplugged. Just before we came on coach asked how long I'd been doing this. I should be outside raking to be honest with you at this point, but <laughs> the leaves are changing and, uh, and everything's falling down. But, um, I do this cause I love to, to learn from other coaches and, and coach Miller is going to be one of those coaches. I, I can tell that in our, in our short conversation beforehand, um, for the listeners, I don't tend to do a lot of small talk before I jump on with the coaches. Um, and the reason I do that is I want to learn all about them with you kind of thing. So that's why um, I'm going to have Coach Miller kind of introduce himself and then kind of walk us through the basketball journey because all my good golden nuggets have kind of come when I when I don't do the pre-interview kind of thing and we just kind of jump in. So, Coach Miller, I'm going to turn it over to you and uh, introduce yourself and kind of kind of walk us through your basketball either playing journey, I don't even know if you played, or your or your coaching journey. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on and thanks for doing this uh, for our basketball coaching community. Um, I've started listening probably within the last six months and learn something every day. So I really appreciate the guys that you have on. Awesome. You never know, coach. You never know. It's like uh, I leaned in a little bit during the pandemic, but you're never sure. I mean, I kind of have I have my numbers and I'm an analytics guy because I'm a stats teacher. But sometimes I feel like I'm in my office just talking to <laughs> to the wind it's, sometimes. So I'm glad there's people out there listening. Uh, I, I know there are, but I, I appreciate that a lot. So. Yeah. so one of the things in the fall, and I'll get into my journey here real quick, but in the fall, we have 6 a.m. conditioning. And in Indiana, you can practice two days a week for two hours. And so we go 6 to 7.30 or 7.45 before school. And I pick some of the guys up and I'll actually listen to your podcast on the way in so that they're gathering a little bit of it as well, um, which is awesome. So, so thank you for what you're doing. You're welcome. I, I remember my high school coach used to play country music. I remember that he'd have to pick me up or take me to camp. It's like, what are you listening to? Like, I, <laughs> I listen so, to it now when I'm older, but um, yeah. So go ahead, coach. Tell us about your journey here. I, uh, I was born in Nebraska, but then grew up in Northern Illinois, just probably 15 miles south of the Wisconsin border. So my hometown was Freeport. Um, so I am a, uh, a Freeport pretzel, one of the most unique name, nicknames in uh, high school sports, probably. But my uncle, uh, when I was in third, fourth grade, fifth grade, he was a head basketball coach for Dakota High School, which is also just uh, to the west of Freeport. Did the, and, did the opposing teams have good chance about the pretzels? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. We can all talk about it, but it's pretty cool to actually be from Freeport now and have that. It's a, it's a great talking point. It is. So, um, so when I was, like I said, third, fourth, fifth grade, my uncle was a high school coach and his team went to the elite eight, uh, in Illinois. So it went down to Champaign and I, as a kid got to be a part of all of that. Um, I was in the locker room with these guys and they had a guy named Alan Rayhorn who ended up going to Northern Illinois and was a leading scorer in the Mac. Um, and, and I can still name all, all the guys on the team and know all about them. And my, those guys were my heroes. And so I know. Some- it's, that's the cool thing about high school basketball. I'm telling you, I can name, I could almost name the starting five from when I was like in middle school for my high school team. And it's like, that's crazy. I, I couldn't tell you the starting five for the Badgers in that year, but I could tell you the starting five for the high school team. It's like when I was little, there's so, yeah, I don't know. I think that's a great thing about high school athletics. When we tell our guys that today, you know, these young kids are looking up to you and how you handle yourself both on and off the floor is really important because you're going to influence these kids uh, for the good or the bad. And and we think our guys can change the world for the good. So, so some people say that your fourth grade year is your most influential from a developmental standpoint uh, in psychology and stuff. And, and clearly it was for me because it gave me the itch to get into basketball. So I ended up playing in high school um, and uh, and then had the chance to go on and play at a school over in Ohio called Cedarville University. It's a Division II school. It was NAIA at the time. I uh, went there and then uh, came back to Indianapolis. Uh, so I studied public account or, or accounting and was an accounting major, came back here to work for a public accounting firm in Indy. And then uh, uh, one of the, the schools that that uh, was in the area hired another guy that was a Cedarville uh, basketball player to be their head coach. And he reached out and said, Hey, would you be interested in being my JV coach? And I was like, absolutely. So I did that. And then after three years, he stepped away and they said, Hey, would you be interested in being the head coach? And I was like, absolutely. So I did that in addition. So I've got a business now that I run a commercial uh, construction firm. And, uh, and so coached at that school, Bethesda Christian for five years in total, then went to Garen Catholic for 10 years. Um, and at Garen, I was actually the boys freshman coach and then became the girls head coach, um, which was a unique experience for me, never working with girls before. Um, but I really wanted to get back on the boys side and the Cecina job opened up. Uh, in on the east side of Indianapolis, and so I've been there for the last four years. Um, so, side note, nothing to do with basketball. How's your supply chain on your construction company? It's struggling. There's <laughs> stuff that we cannot find, and you know the end users don't care. They just want their stuff now. <laughs> I know so, my parent. My parents are building. My parents are building a um, a lake house, and uh, I just got a text from my brother. Like we're going to get in a conversation at some point, and with my mom and, and him and talk about it. But um, yeah, it's like, it's, it is a, it is. Yeah. I, I, I empathize with you a lot, coach. Is what Labor I'm materials are two really challenging things right now, trying to find people and trying to find materials. So, well, here's what, I mean, we talked about this in my stats class too. What's going to happen is you're going, you're going to have to pay your workers more and then you're going to pass that on to me. The, 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 that's what's going to happen because the yep. kids were talking about trying to find, I'm in Madison. So they were trying to find 
you know, they were talking about jobs and it's like, I said, you guys are in the, you guys have the power right now at McDonald's and all these places. And we go, what do you mean? I go, they like the restaurants can't find enough workers. So I said, yeah. you shouldn't be working for less than $15 an hour. Like, and yeah. I go, what do you mean? I go, no, the, the, the restaurant's just going to charge me another 15 cents or another $2 for the burger. I'm still going to go probably buy the burger but they're going to just pass it along to me is what's going to happen. And they go, well, most of them said they were making more than 15 an hour, which is like as high school kids. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. So I think there's some, there's some ripple effects there um, that. Uh, so tell me that. So you never worked, you've never worked in a public, you never coached in a public school. That is correct. Uh, yeah, that's correct. There are charter schools in Indianapolis and I okay. spent, uh, a part of a year in between my Bethesda Christian and Garen Catholic, uh, um, there was a charter school that I actually served on the board for as a business guy and their coach left. And so they said, Hey, would you step in? So it's Tindley. Okay. Um, school. And then uh, there's another one called Indiana math and science Academy. So after I left Garen, uh, I spent a year or two years there at Indiana math and science. One is the head coach. One is just a volunteer assistant. And so, but no, official public schools. Okay. So, so what do you find a uh, difficult coaching in a private school? What's, what's easy and what's, what's hard and what's, what's hard and what's easy. Yeah. So, uh, and not that a public school has an unlimited budget, um, but trying okay. to find resources at a private okay. school is really challenging um, and not pulling those resources from another capital campaign project or whatever it is that they're trying to raise money for. Um, so, you know, just getting a shooting machine, when I say just, I know those are, you know, five, six, seven thousand $7,000, but you know, that can be a major thing for us. Um, right. so I think that's one thing. The other thing that I found here, you know, when I was a little kid in Northern Illinois, games were sold out. And I think until Indiana went to multi-class basketball games were pretty sold out here in the late nineties, they changed and went to four classes. And so that's one of the things that we're really going to work hard. Our guys are going to go door to door selling tickets this year so that we can sell our gym out uh, for each of our home games. That's so. a great idea. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Like we have five classes in Wisconsin. It's crazy. Like that's, it's too many. We should have three to be honest with yeah. you that we have five and you have four and like, like Illinois, ha it, it, Illinois has like three or four and we, I mean, they're bigger States than they have. Anyway. Yep. Um, well, I we're talking about going to a fifth class for the big schools. You know, there are some schools with 5,000 plus students here in Indiana and they do that in football. They have a six, a football uh, program and, and there's, there's maybe 25 or 30 schools in that and everybody right. else in their class. So, yeah, it's, it, it's a, it's a competitive equity is what they're referring to it in, in Wisconsin. It's like, to be honest with you, you're playing sports people. It's never going to be equitable. Ever right, right. like we can we can sit and discuss it till the cows come home, um, but it doesn't. I mean, it's never going. I mean, it's never going to be equitable. Even if you have one class, it's not equitable. You know, right. it's not. so yeah, it's debate here because it really took away a bunch of local rivalries when they they changed the state tournament to that four class system. We still play across classes, so we're a two A. We'll play three A, four A schools uh, throughout right. the. Yeah, we do that too. Um, so give me your basketball philosophy. Like, what do you, what, yeah. what do you stand? What do you, what is your, like, I come in your, if I came in your gym in, in, uh, when do you guys start practice? Uh, November 
8th is our first, first practice, November 8th. Uh, yeah, we're the 15th. We're a week later than you guys. Um, okay, yeah. so I come in. Let's say I come in the end of November. What would I, what would I see? What would be like, what would, what would I see? That's a, that's a kind yeah. of an open-ended question. Yeah. So we'll start our year. We'll, November, we're going to go two and a half to three hours. And those are longer practices for us, but we've got so much to get. We basically have two weeks to get it in. And our football team is really good, which provides a challenge for us at a small school. So of our starters, four of the five starters that'll be back um, are playing football. And numbers five and six on coming or six and seven coming off the bench are football players too. Okay. And they probably won't get into basketball mode until Christmas. Um, it takes them that long to be able, you know, these are kids that are pretty athletic, but shooting a layup after you come out of football, I mean, they're breaking. Well, how do you deal with that? Because we had that issue a couple of years ago. How do you deal with that? Well, we so the way we schedule, so we've got all of our sectional opponents uh, in the month of December. So those will be the teams that we end up playing in the state tournament right away. So we go sectional opponents, then we go non-conference, and then we finish up with our conference in February. Um, okay. And so what we try to do is maybe show those sectional opponents some different things uh, early in the season that they, and then we've got the whole season to get ready for them by the end of the season. So that's one of the things we do. We take our lumps early um, and then just hope for guys that, you know, heal up after their football season. Um, But we really also this year, I mean, our goal is to be the number one team in the state in, in defense and how we would measure that is, uh, points per game given up. Um, so not given up, you know, not shooting percentage or anything like that, but it's the one stat that, that is tracked. So what, so what, so, so dive into your defense. What do you, what's your defensive philosophy? So we pack line it and then we really try to value the basketball on the other end. So we, we want them, you know, taking one tough contested shot, rebound the ball, and uh, really value the ball on the other end so that they're not getting breakaway layups on us. Um, and, and so our games are going to be lower scoring, but we can stay in every game. And then hopefully, because we're used to playing close games, we can win a lot of the close ones. Right. So how, do you, how did you land on, on Packline? Well, I went out and, and spent some time with uh, Virginia's program a, f- a few years ago. We were, when I came in, we were giving up like 70 points a game. And I thought, man, we can't outscore anybody um, at 70 points per game with this group that we had. And so I was trying to find something. And somebody said, hey, you ought to look at Packline. And so I went out, spent some time with, with uh, Tony Bennett and his staff and and had never done it before uh, being here at Cecina. So over the last three years, we've kind of uh, settled on that. And, and we've really, we dropped it from 70 points a game to 51. Um, you know, we need to be down in the mid thirties though. So we're still giving up too many, but it takes time for kids to understand it, to buy into it. Um, and it's not, it's not an easy thing to recruit to. So even in high school, you know, kids would rather fire the ball up a lot than play right. great deep. So you got to really show them that, Hey, this is how you're going to Well, obviously Bennett and Bo Ryan and all of them, it's like was pack line was basically invented, I think in Wisconsin. Yep. Um, yep. So uh, Tony's a great guy. I mean, that's the, that, you know, that national championship couldn't have happened to a nicer person. Um, what's the hardest thing to teach? 
in in for you to, to your guys, the kind kind of players that you get? Yeah. So I, I think it's just being disciplined and all five guys blocking out when the shot goes up. You cannot you, you, you I mean, we may have a defensive possession because we're pretty good on on the ball defense. But, you know, when it gets to 35, 40 seconds, you guys are getting tired and the offense is getting tired, too. But shot goes up and you've got to You have got to hit them hard. Um, well, how do not- you teach rebounding? I teach hit. I teach hit, find, get. Is what I teach. Same thing. And we do a lot of defensive or defensive rebounding drills where it, I mean, it turns into football. We got to keep guys from getting in fights because it's, it gets physical, but we've got a football school. So, Hey, might as well leverage it. And and how does that correlate? How does the football mentality correlate to the basketball program? Before I took the job, people told me they will punch you in the face right before they're ready to shoot a shot you know they they are going to be physical and they are very physical kids okay the biggest thing we got to do is keep fights from breaking out because they it's a fine line of being aggressive versus letting it uh letting it seep out and so i think our first my first year there we probably had 11 12 13 technicals and so we you know the administration and myself too i mean i've never had a technical as a high school coach. Right. So we've said, Hey, we got to rein this in, especially Catholic school. You know, we got to set an example for how we're doing things. So last year, I think we've got it down to two and we'd like to have zero, but it's, it's, it's a challenge with kids. It is. It is. It's that fine line between, yes, you want them to be aggressive, but um, It's a, and especially coming off of football, that whole, the whole sport is based on, on, on that, um, <laughs> in a lot of respects. So you know, the other coach too, I'll talk about this with football, you know, we want our guys talking, but their language use has to be appropriate. And, you know, in football, you're way away from the crowd. You got a helmet on, you can say a lot of things out there, but in basketball, the fans are right on you. And, and so it's a great character building thing for, for, uh, teaching our kids, you know, just proper use of language, when to use the language that you need to use. And, and so that's been a, for us, you know, how do we, how do we keep things appropriate, especially when you got little kids watching you all the time? Right. I, yes, it's, um, there's so many, I think that's what makes basketball even more unique than football, I think is. There's more, I personally believe there's more teachable moments like that. And there are not necessarily, there's some bad, quote unquote, not things that you necessarily want to teach in football because it, it's almost barbaric in some respects. Yeah. Sorry yeah. to all the football coaches, but it is. Uh, <laughs> I have a whole theory too. I'll give you the theory on football. I think football will not be football. We know it now in a generation or two. Um, anyway, I just... I think it's gonna. I think the game is gonna have to change, um, so we aren't hurting people. To be honest with yeah. you, yeah. Because if you do, if you've read the studies on it, the brain still moves in the in the skull, even though you're wearing a helmet. So it's still banging on the side of. There's there's no way for them to science to stop the brain from moving from side to side. Yeah. Um, and luckily, at the little at the high school level, it's probably not too bad. But the collegiate level and NFL level, it's like being in a car accident. Oh yeah. Every play, every play, like your brain is hitting the side of your skull every time. Like, yeah. 
So it's just mm, the science on it isn't great. But anyway, sorry to all the football coaches that are listening, but you know, yeah, we've got a great football program. Like I said, so we're starting our state tournament next Friday night. So they finished their last one this this past weekend. And so it's uh Yeah, we start we start Friday too. And then when do your guys so you're see our I think our state tournament is the weekend before basketball starts. So if your team makes it all the way there, then they play on Saturday and practice would start on Monday. Um, that's why I think they, that's one of the reasons I think they pushed it back to November 15th. But um, where do you play your state tournament in, in Indianapolis, right? Yeah. It, at Lucas oil stadium where the Colts play is where they'll play their state championship and it's Thanksgiving weekend. So we could have games going before, we get any of our football players um, if they make it all the way. And how, state. and how do you do, what do you do with, how do you deal with that? Like, how do you, well, you just, what do you do? Yeah. Conditioning, shooting? What do you do with the guys you have? Yeah. Yep. That, and that's what we're doing right now. Just a lot of conditioning, just fundamental um, skill development stuff, um, you know, cause you've got to get better at this fundamentals, no matter how good you are uh, as a basketball team. So, we really focus on that. We'll probably spend 30 to 40 minutes, no matter what, on skill development at every practice um, throughout the year, just to try to make sure that we're getting better and better at that. Okay. What's uh, what's the biggest change you've seen in your coaching career? You know, some people say the kids have changed, and I think they probably have to some extent. Um, where they're coming from, you've got a little bit more to teach them just on the basics of life, I think. Um and, and it's sad, um, but, you know, some of our kids come from some really tough circumstances. And uh, I don't think it was quite as pronounced 20 years ago as it is today. Um, I think I so think they have more information, but they're less. <laughs> it's like I tried to explain a card catalog to them. It's like, well, when I had to go find things out, I had to go look it up in a library or Encyclopedia Britannica. Hey, everybody, if you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe, like, leave a review, jump up and down, run around your house, whatever you need to do. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network.